sweet dreams are made of thieves. Who am I to disagree? Travel the different layers of the various dreams. Everybody's looking so sexy. <laughs> I don't that's how you'd come up with. Um, that's very good. Five minutes, to be fair. Nice. It's nice. not bad, is it? That's very good. I was originally going to go with a dreamer. You're nothing but a dream. But I, I wanted to get some <laughs> plot in there as well. See, mine wouldn't have been as creative. It would probably have just been something to do with cob and corn on the cob, to be honest. I mean, it's yeah. still good. It's probably still but it's not your it. job this week, Phil. It isn't. Because this week, we're talking about my number one film. Woo! Talking about Inception. Which, yeah. yes, it is a heist movie. It, like everything Nolan does, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a bit of an unconventional one, really. Is indeed, but it, but also conventional. Conventional in other ways, which is again Nolan, with also one of the greatest soundtracks of all time for a oh, film. Oh man, best cast of a film for all time. It's a very smooth running operation. It's a uh, very, very, very good movie, mm. and we're going to talk about it for about our usual 40 minutes <laughs> roughly <laughs> roughly imagine if it was dead on that'd be awesome that'd be bizarre just like a nolan movie always is oh. but before we get there welcome to that damn film show hello and uh i'm gonna throw some sociables at you yeah and i'm gonna throw the first one at you of uh, facebook.com forward slash that damn film show twitter.com forward slash damn film show and instagram is that damn film show with underscores in between each word because mm-hmm. instagram because instagram and this week, as we said, we're on about Inception. I'm going to subsonization it for you. Yeah, take it away. So we have Leonardo DiCaprio, who's named after a vegetable. because His name's Cobb. Oh, I thought you meant the <laughs> actor, Leonardo DiCaprio. Maybe he is. No, he's named after a Ninja Turtle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though I'm pretty sure he'd have been bored before the Ninja Turtles in the 80s. When was the first issue? Like 80-something. Yeah, and here we go. would have been in yeah. Uh, yes, Leonardo DiCaprio playing Cobb is a, uh, what is his title in it? He's a... Oh, well, they have their different ex- names. He's an extractor, essentially. Mm-hmm. He goes into people's dreams to steal information from them uh, in order to essentially heist people's minds. And that's why this is a heist movie. Um, he is uh, he is desperate to get back to America. I won't go into too much details yet as to why. Uh, but he gets offered a job to do something called Inception, which is instead of stealing something from somebody's mind, it's planting it into their mind without them knowing that you've planted it. So it's a reverse heist because you're not stealing something, you're actually placing something. And he has to get a crack team together in order to pull off crackheads. No, they are crackheads. He has to get a crack team together of not only cracking amazing actors... (laughs) I don't know where it's going with that. <laughs> but a crack team of expert, dreamy people. Um, they are, they they are, are so dreamy. dreamy. They are all pretty attractive. Um, and Even Sato. In, oh. Oh, exactly. In Incept... Um, well, Incept somebody. With Inception. <laughs> 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 and, uh, yeah. I mean... It's a banger. It's literally my favourite film of all time. Yeah, it's it's one of mine. It's one of my favourites. Mm. It it is a solid it is a solid piece of filmmaking well i think it's a, a revolutionary piece of filmmaking i would say it's currently nolan's best uh at, at his best i mean obviously i think so because it's my favorite movie mm. but i think it gets the fine balance between being 
too complex, which I love Tenet, but it is very complex, uh, as is Interstellar, even though I love that too, um, while also being complex enough. It's not too complex so that it's confusing and it's not so lacking in complexity that it's too boring. Mm -hmm. He's hit that perfect point in this film of it's a concept that everyone could understand, but he gives it more depth and detail and then just goes crazy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the most accessible as well. Yeah. I'll, well, I'd say his most accessible is Insomnia because that's quite a straightforward that's a good point, actually. Like, crime drama. Yeah. But, but out of the three you've mentioned, it's the most Out accessible. of the most nolan films, yeah. yeah. And the reason Insomnia is so accessible is because it is quite a straightforward crime film. Yeah. It has... It does have twists and stuff. Like I would say, like even Prestige is quite complicated because it's each oh, character God, yeah. reading each other's diary, so that can get confusing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, but this has got some of my favorite actors in it, including my favorite actor of DiCaprio in it. Um, Tom Hardy, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Ellen Page, now known as Elliot Page. Yeah. Um, it's Mark- it's a cherry picked cast, isn't it? It's- yeah, a very uh, a very short part from Michael Caine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Marion Cotillard, or and you Oh yeah, um, I can't remember his name. We're, we're Ken, Ken Watanabe. I thought it was yeah. that. For some reason, I thought that was Wong from. I thought it was Wong's name from Spider Man. So that's the guy from IT Crowd. But I was like, no, that's not Ken Watanabe. Not everything's that's... connected. <laughs> Maybe they are. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a this fucking great movie. Yeah, it's. I was saying this when uh, before we started that. I think it's a film that completely utilizes everything that makes a film unique in that it has amazing sound. His mixing in this is spot on rather than being like in Stellar and Tenet where the mixing was a bit off. This is like spot on. You can yeah. hear everything. Even at the cinema. Yeah. Definitely. No, it was really, really good sound mixing. Uh, but yeah, the sound mixing is perfect. The cinematography is perfect. The action is great. Like with the rotating like oh, hallway and everything. Yeah. Uh, the music is, I, I love the music in it, but I don't know if it's Hans Zimmer's best. I think Interstellar might be his best. I think places. Interstellar's best. But Inception has got my favorite Hans Zimmer song, which is Time, and the main theme to Inception is great. And, and the Mombasa, yeah. Mombasa, oh, they're all good. Mm. Um, it's got, I think it's one of DiCaprio's best performances in terms of, I've I've not seen his Oscar-winning one which was oh the revenant Revenant. i've seen that it's not like his most like in-depth role in terms of oscar Beatty, but i think it's a very clean performance that's very engaging and oh fucking good i I could go for hours about this film yeah he always delivers the goods DiCaprio, to be honest and um obviously some people do say that nolan's characters can be a bit cold Mm. but i don't think that's the case with cobb I think if anything, maybe the side characters are, but it's but the main attention is on Cobb. Yeah. And to be fair, with a film that length and all the concepts going on, you didn't really, you don't really. The thing is, you, you there's arguments both sides. Mm. Like some of the side characters could be more developed. Yeah. But then if you do that, you have you to have cut less down time on on the concept. Mm. And I've seen films that do that, and that's when it becomes messy because yeah. they're trying to <laughs> explain convoluted ideas that's the thing it's like not every character in an ensemble film needs to be heavily detailed i mean what do you really learn about tom hardy in this or joseph gordon levitt or exactly and to be honest tom hardy's character in particular is 
Or he's kind of yeah. He's he's a uh, he wears many faces, mm. guises, because he's the forger, isn't he? And to be fair as well, Fisher, who's played by Cillian Murphy, mm. I think gets quite a lot of character development. Yeah, there are certain characters that do. Yeah, like I'd say him and Cobb probably have the most emotional development, and you know have a very strong arc throughout it. And um, oh, I can I can never pronounce her name, but his wife Marion Mar- Cotillard. Cotillard. I uh, think that's how you pronounce her name. She has a very good like emotional arc in it as well. I yeah, think. of course. Um, and it keeps you guessing in this film as well. Like it's you know you you ca- catch on to the idea of the dreams pretty quickly. You know it it, it explains it all visually at the start, and then throughout the film, um, Ellen Page's character is uh, kind of the audience buffer so everything gets explained to her in order to pass on to the audience in a natural way um a lot of people who review this film say that it's too shoehorned in but i think it's done in a way that it is a complex story so it needs explaining um but it's never done in a way that's distracting i would say also, I think he's got enough other co- complicated films, yeah, like, as in like very complicated films, that it's nice to have one which is a bit more accessible. Mm. Because this is probably out of all of his films, I'd say this is an intelligent blockbuster. Mm. Whereas The Prestige is a bit more indie, yeah, and then the other ones like Tenant and Stella are like a weird mix, yeah, where they've got the kind of look of a blockbuster they've got the story of a but the story's a bit more wacky and out there yeah exactly um but this this i i went and saw twice and i got more from the second watch but i did understand everything from the first watch mm. because obviously explained very well it's a film that i really want to see you know how they've since the pandemic been bringing some films back to cinema it's one that i desperately want to see in cinema again because oh i'd go i only ever saw it the once i think it was like a day or two after opening night and I got stuck on the front row. And I still remember that film vividly and how much I enjoyed it. And looking up at the to- totem pole and the, the, to- what's the, sp- um, spinning, spinning top. top. Yeah. Um, and then everyone's reaction at the end of the, end of the <laughs> film, just literally being like, oh. <laughs> but that's um, a good o- argument as well, because obviously people saying it's a bit too overexplained. Mm. But what's great about this film is that there's still, things that he keeps aloof and mysterious yeah so although you get quite a lot of it logically explained because mm. obviously nolan is, is he takes concepts which are quite uh trippy such as dreams mm. and then makes them very understandable to like a rational logical point of view yeah but usually what's nice about his films is he'll leave something in which is still unex- slightly unexplainable, or mm. maybe not unexplainable, but you'll always leave something up to to your interpretation. own mind. Yeah, and to yeah. your interpretation. I mean, this ends with its own interpretation. Interstellar ends with you not really knowing what um, Matthew McConaughey's character is going to do, mm-hmm. um, and Anne Hathaway's character, and Anne Hathaway's character. Tenant essentially ends in a way that you can kind of figure out what it's going to do next, but it's still all very you don't know what happens next. Um, yeah, because there's that idea of split timelines and different pathways which is why time travel is so fun Mm. with this within inception as well what's quite cool about it is the first maybe like 15 20 minutes Mm -hmm. is a heist film because they're trying to 
they are trying to steal something mm -hmm. and it has all the trademarks of a heist film and then it continues exactly in that fashion but like we were saying it's the reverse so they're planting an idea mm. but even when even if people would say oh it's technically not a heist film because they're planting something as opposed to stealing something mm. I would say okay yes but it's got the trademark styles of a heist still in there yeah so you've got the team you've you got the setup you've got the setup you got the uh the target the target the um sort of the brainstorming sequences all, all the things that people recognize from heists the music's very heisty yeah but in a different way it's not like uh it's not oceans 11 style heisty oh, music no. but it's got the same sort of same sort of uh pacing to it but in a more dramatic way rather than being like a almost cheesy way like in oceans 11 definitely so i, th I think it, it can still be classed as a heist and technically they steal some people at points and so there still, are they do steal some there people. are things they do take yeah as well as putting down so i mean the because you have extraction which is heisting and then inception which is the reverse mm -hmm. um so you, you do have a little bit as they explain through it and sort of build the world and everything. Um, but an, another thing I'm finding incredible about Nolan's work is any one of his films could work as having a sequel, but I don't think any of them ever will. Because it's really nice. Yeah, because, I mean, Inception, they set up such a universe in it that I, I know they were talking about doing a game years ago, but it never happened. Which could have been interesting because I feel like if you make a game of something, it doesn't really have to affect the film of it at all or affect the overall sort of world of it because it's not connected. Or we might have to close the door a bit. I'm picking up quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, we're going to have to uh, close the our back door and cook cook a bit Cheeky. before we do this. Um, but yeah, with, with Inception, they uh, essentially they could have made this game out of it which would have given all of these different sort of stories you could have made and um <clears throat> all these stories you could have made with it and you could have expanded into like doing more extraction you could have had like missions where you were extracting and missions where you were doing inception as well and that could have been quite cool yeah or a tv series could have worked as well it could but have but it doesn't need it it's it's a perfect film in yeah. my eyes that doesn't need any touching whatsoever um, and it's a film as well that in 50 years time is still going to look good because most of it is practical. Mm -hmm. There's like a few shots in it now that look a little like the bit with the mirrors, the mirrors glass itself where she, uh, she shatters the glass that it's the actual shards of it are quite clearly CGI, but okay. it's like a split second and it's mirrors. So it's shiny anyway. Mm -hmm. um, also, I think when you've got so much else that's practical, mm you don't notice it as much i mean it's like even interstellar yeah considering a lot of that's in space i don't think much of it is cgi though somehow still yeah because they do they a lot of model work yeah they're presumably model work and also shooting in sort of I, <clears throat> I would imagine completely blackened rooms yeah and they're in the cockpits sort of replicating stuff but um, yeah that is definitely a, an element the practicalness which he always does mm. And it's crazy to think that's a film about dreams. Yeah. Which <coughs> most, you'd, you'd think on paper, well, a film about dreams, we're going to have to do special effects and CGI because mm. it's things that aren't plausible. And yet he's done it. Yeah. In certain certain bits in that film. Obviously there are bits with CGI, but the bits that aren't, like with the hallway fight. Yeah. 
I mean, that's just the so. Of that is incredible. It's so inventive in terms of both in the, the kind of story and world building that that's a thing, and then actually being able to think of a practical way to yeah do that is really clever. I mean, he ran a train through a city. I think it's Chicago. It's filmed in. He ran a train through it. Like, how the fuck did he do that? <laughs> um, I mean, admittedly, he didn't. His his team did. Like, he always says in interviews, just like, I, I just come up with a crazy idea and say, I want to do it for real. And they go figure it out. It's also, I think, if more was CGI, you'd have the problem of there's kind of this idea throughout the film. I don't really want to say too much, but it becomes sort of confusing when they're dreaming when they're awake mm. i mean although they give signifiers of when they're supposed to be asleep and awake yeah like their clothing and everything being and also so. they'll say what stage yeah. they are there's still some sort of lingering doubt that maybe actually they're not dreaming yeah. there and that that sort of thing and it i always think keeps you guessing it always keeps you guessing i think if you had cgi that would remove that a bit yeah because you'd be able to you think well because there's cgi that's definitely a dream mm. but because everything's almost as as much it's of it is practical it feels like oh then that adds to the the theme of the film of not ever not always knowing when you're awake or asleep yeah so it's, it's in that and i wonder if maybe that was part of it yeah maybe he wanted as much practical so it adds that murkiness of what point they're awake and what point they're asleep i know a lot of people when this came out like to, to anyone who found this film too confusing it's like you're just not paying attention it, there's so many signifiers as to what's going on like um with the actual inception the the aforementioned heist so to speak um it's very clearly three layers of dream and each one is set in a very specific clear location one's with the van one's in a hotel one's in the in the alps essentially don't know if it's actually the alps but it's a big snowy mountain you get the idea <laughs> it's all very clear it doesn't go like to the alps and then while they're in the alps also bugger off to like somewhere miles away is a specific location in each one they never leave the hotel in in the second layer for example um it's it's, it's all clearly marked and even when it goes further than that which we won't say too much beyond but even that's still very clear in what it is because the way uh the camera grading is done as well i've noticed it's, it's a lot brighter than the rest of them. Oh, okay um yeah it, anyone who can't pick up on the different layers it's like well you you just haven't paid attention <laughs> also it's something that he tends to do in a lot of his films but the start of the film is confusing yeah there's no argument there because you're introduced to them in a dream well, actually, there's like a flash forward. Then there's a, them in a dream. Then they're in, it turns out they're inside of another and, dream. Well, it at first you think that's the reality, mm. the, but it's then another dream, and then they finally there's the one the level where they're not dreaming. Yeah, and then it introduces you to everything. Yeah, and that's confusing. But mm. like you say, afterwards it then goes back and explains that yeah so and, and not in a way of like a recap it's just they'll go on to do the next thing but then when they're explaining what they're going to do to Ariati, who's obviously serves as the audience's eyes yeah. and ears then the stuff that you saw at the beginning of the film makes sense which technically tenant does yeah the start of tenant is is i was like what the fuck is it's going adrenaline on? filled and exciting and confusing yeah but like then it explains it i had no idea and then the 
I mean, it's slightly different with that because the end of it explains it. But there are bits later on where is it Robert? No, no that's Robert Patterson. Neil. Yeah. His character does explain some of the mechanics of the world. Mm. So then the beginning starts to make a bit more sense. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's, that's quite a cool way to do it. I think Nolan does that in quite a few of his films, and like uh, I think, like with Memento, does the same. It starts off with the murder at the end of the story, and it isn't until a few scenes later that you hear about his memory loss, and mm. that kind of explains why everything's in reverse. It's yes. not a hundred percent clearer, but you know. Oh yeah, um, it's but, a good way to kind of grab the audience as well. Yeah, because you suddenly you suddenly invested you're like well, i want to figure out what's what the hell's going on mm. and also it's unique because it's, I, I can't think of any other film that's opened like that no i remember seeing that at the cinema and obviously there are films that are that kind of perplexing like um take something like everything everywhere all at once yeah but definitely maybe at the time i wasn't watching so many kind of surreal films but i remember when i saw that i did think wow haven't seen anything like that at the cinema and being a blockbuster as well yeah it's kind of very mold breaking in that sense is everything ever all at once on digital yet yeah oh i'll just download that mm. good well dan wants to watch it so oh no yeah, yeah. I, I love it we're just having a private conversation yeah. now wait we, did we review that yeah. yeah yeah i thought we did we can't do another review within <laughs> a review i'm sorry phil oh damn um <laughs> well yeah as you know we both love this film and it's literally my favorite film ever so far who knows if it ever gets beaten i i kind of thought tenant might when i first saw it in cinema because that went in tenant when it kind of hits that halfway point and everything starts going reverse that fucking blew my mind in a, in a way a film has never done mm-hmm. but i think if it ever does surpass inception for me it's going to take a few more watches because when i watched it for the third time i finally started getting everything clicking and that's when the story started making complete sense, but I'd still want to learn more. Whereas Inception, the first viewing was completely understandable and enjoyable. And like, well, not that Tenet wasn't, but it was completely understandable and I got exactly what was going on. But on subsequent watches, I got more out of it, learning more about the world and the characters. And that's why I enjoy Nolan films so much is it's not a film that it's a story in a film that you're not going to really fully understand until you've seen it a few times at least yeah that's what makes it exciting yeah i i think i i think i still would also rank conception above 10 mm. I, th- I think also it's because with inception there is even though people might say some of the characters are cold i think there is a lot more of a connection yeah there, at the at the core of what's interesting about this film is that there's all this high concept stuff going on, but at the core of it, it's what's going on with Cobb and his wife. Yeah. That sort of scenario. That's one of the storylines. And then it's Fisher and his father. Yeah. And they even say, basically, the heist, they they do a clever way of, I won't give away too much, but the heist is uh, hinges on the fact that they need to explore the relationship between the father and the son, Yeah, the, who the son is the target. Now... The problem, the only thing with Tenant for me is it is a bit colder. Mm. The The thing that makes it different and interesting is, and also for the story to make sense, is he has no name. He is just the yeah. protagonist. But you don't really get the same sense of emotional connection. No. You do a bit more with Elizabeth Debicki's character, but still not quite on the same level. Yeah, And I think that's why I 
although I absolutely adore Inception, I prefer Interstellar because I think that goes an even step further mm. because the ma- the father and the daughter is like a core um, storyline for the whole thing. Yeah. And it had me gripped the whole way through. Mm. So I think that's what's really good about Inception. And I would disagree with people that say it is a bit cold because I, mm. I don't think it is. I think no. I think if, if you had an argument with Tenant for that, yes, maybe. Yeah. But Inception, I think there's actually a surprising amount of emotional investment and development in it. Mm. I wonder if, because um, Interstellar has like a lot of emotion in it. Yeah. I wonder if he did did that on people saying this was cold, although I don't agree with that either. But. I don't think it's that. I might. I think it might be Jonathan Nolan's input because when he writes with Christopher Nolan, it seems a bit more character driven. Did he work on Inception or Interstellar? Interstellar. Interstellar and he worked on Prestige which again yes. is a lot more character driven yeah. and I think he did Insomnia he... yeah because he wrote the he did, short yeah. short story that they based it on I don't know he wrote Memento uh, sorry what did I say Insomnia, Insomnia. Said, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean Insomnia's Memento based on the film the, those, yeah, yeah the Swedish film no um, yeah uh, Memento mm. so all the ones with Jonathan Nolan they tend to be a bit more character based mm. not that Nolan not that Christopher doesn't do it but mm you can tell Jonathan's involved. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we'll jump on to acting next, then we'll have cinematography and music afterwards. We've got a big cast to get through. We'll start off with our Corn on the Cob, Leonardo DiCaprio as main Lee character. Cobb. Uh, it, it is Cobb, isn't it? Yeah, Lee yeah, Cobb, yeah. I think, isn't it? Uh, yeah, he's he's kind of like the, the lead man in, in the heist. He's your, he's your George Clooney of Inception. Hmm. Um, it's focused mostly around him and then the other characters are kind of his ensemble that come into it uh but uh apart from just gordon levitt is more of his partner i suppose you describe him as yeah well they they're the two that know each other the yeah. longest don't they um but yeah i think it as i said before i think his uh, performance is fantastic in this and anyone who says he is cold yeah i mean there's so many emotional scenes of him like especially with his wife yeah. in it um and uh he gets the he gets a, a tiny bit of DiCaprio crazy in there. Yes. He gets shouty, which every, I was every loved. film he does, doesn't he? Um, but he's also got like actually, does he have? He, he doesn't really have much action sequences. He has the new Mombasa um, sequence, yes, but it's more of a chase than an action sequence. Um, but he doesn't really have many fights. I know he does at the beginning, doesn't he? In uh, sato's yeah he does yeah there are a few sequences but it's kind of cool in a way that he doesn't have too many because that doesn't really wouldn't really make sense for his character and to be fair for all the fights that do happen i mean they're normally with one or two people apart from tom hardy who has like a badass like (laughs) snow chasing yeah audition Um, for bond isn't it but uh yeah he's very good without he's he's a flawed character in the sense of he he has flaws and he's actually if anything the one who's causing the most problems uh if you think about it throughout the whole film the actual incepting can almost happen without him and he's almost causing more problems but there is more behind it than that yeah the, well the problem is is he's the only one who's done it yeah exactly so yeah the, they have no choice and the story behind how he's done it is very interesting as well and that's another part of his flawed character mm-hmm. which is, is very good um yeah, uh, overall, like DiCaprio is as he is it with everything. I cannot think of a film I've seen him that he's even slightly off form. 
No, and even in the sort of more main, I could, I could, well, you could technically say this is mainstream, but in his more conventional roles, before he sort of got to the age where you could definitely tell he started picking his yeah. films more specifically. When he was younger and he did The Beach and Romeo and Juliet, the sort of big hitters and Titanic. You know, I mean, I'm not that big a fan of Titanic, mm. but DiCaprio's performance oh, still good great. in it. I mean, I didn't watch that film for years because it just sounded it sounded really rubbish. But then I watched it, it was actually a very good film. And it is, I have to admit, it's one of Cameron's best. Mm. you know like being wrong terminator 2 and aliens are still going to be better for me for always but you know it is an incredibly well done film whereas if you take something like avatar which is yes it's interest it's a it's an incredibly sort of visually impressive film but it's a crap story <laughs> and like the characters are so generic in it whereas in titanic like the characters are quite interesting and mm. yeah it would be interesting if i don't think it will happen but if the next one's sort of improve that yeah i mean they've of... spent a long time on it so maybe yeah yeah <laughs> like 13 years jesus man. i mean i will go uh, again it is it is a cinema experience yeah i will see it simply for that but i i i reckon it will do nowhere near as well as the first one no it's been too long isn't yeah. it um but back to back to inception <laughs> yeah dicaprio is i think what's really nice about him as an actor i think this is the point i started to think okay I th i'd seen him in a few things prior to this where he'd already started to pick more interesting roles i think when he when he started um getting in a lot of scorsese films mm. that's the point where he started getting very interesting yeah um gangs of new york which gangs of new Randall york shutter island, shutter island um the departed wait did scorsese make that well shutter island yeah yeah some reason I didn't think he had. It doesn't seem like a Scorsese. No, film. it doesn't. That's why it's one of my favorite of his. Well, the screenplay is written by the guy who wrote the book, so mm. I suppose that has a lot to it. Um, yeah, that's DiCaprio. I mean, everyone knows DiCaprio is good. Yeah, In uh, a, he's he's very good at intense as well. Yeah, well, he's, he's normally shoots outside, not intense. <laughs> but you know, what I mean, like I would say, some of the other characters have got a bit more sort of like relief. Yeah, but he's not. He's pretty. Does he have any comedic bits at all? I don't think one he or does. two. Yeah, very mild stuff. But he's quite a serious character. Yeah. But that makes sense. Yeah. When, when considering his situation, his situation and DiCaprio is kind of the perfect role for that. Yeah. Um. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt next, who plays. It's not Ames. Arthur. 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 Uh. Yeah. This is. I think this is the first thing I can remember seeing him in. I'm pretty sure I hadn't seen 10 Things I Hate About You by the time I saw this. I had seen Third Rock from the Sun, but I didn't really clock that it was him, even mm. though it's very obvious once you think about it, because he looks exactly the same. Um, but yeah, I think this was the first big film I saw him in. And then I think Looper was the next big thing I saw him in. Yeah, it wasn't. It's was only a couple, a couple of years, years apart, after. I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he he's great in it. I mean, he's he pulls off the very stylish sort of look of the film um he's got sort of slight cheeky side to him while also being like kind of it's it's hard to describe he, he's obviously very skilled but he's kind of like the scrawny scrapper almost like especially his fight in the, in the yeah hallway. he's the he's the control freak isn't yeah. he? yeah he he's very meticulous he's He's like skilled at playing everything by the book. Yeah, he and doesn't like when Cobb goes off script, so to speak. No. Yeah. And he has he has a love hate relationship with Eames, who's yeah. Tom Hardy's character, because uh, 
Eames is just chaos yeah incarnate really like he's controlled but he's very playful Eames mm. whereas Arthur's like I, I've got a plan so very OCDs like I've got a plan this is how I want to do it yeah um, and that sort of thing he doesn't like to be messed around with are they no like when like, Ames is uh, knocking his chair around yeah. stuff yeah um, but yeah great great performance um, now now his performance in Looper I think is better but that's simply because he's the main character and he has more uh, character in it he's more de- more developed in it in that sense he's more focused on him um, but in this yeah he's, he's fantastic and I think his uh, his fight scene in the rotating hallway is like I've seen the making of that that just looks it looks fun to make but it looks stressful because you're constantly like okay i've got to put my foot here so now i don't roll onto the roof and mm. uh, it brings on. the physicality especially yeah. since you'd probably if you hadn't seen this film before but you'd seen joseph gordon levitt films and tom hardy films you'd be thinking tom hardy be the one that's very mm. physical and he does have his bits but it's definitely joseph gordon levitt with that sequence i mm. think is the standout and he does pull it off really well yeah you can see it's him it's interesting that uh with so with nolan films he often uses repeat actors so obviously christian bale's been in a lot of his films Mm -hmm. michael caine cillian murphy tom hardy's been in three so dark Knight rises this and dunkirk Dunkirk. um it's a shame because i I would love to see hugh jackman in another film of his because i think Mm. hugh jackman was really good in the prestige uh love to see dicaprio again and joseph gordon levitt again because they all suit his style very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Levitt, very good as well. Uh, his performance is really subtle as well. Yeah. It's something I really like as him as an actor because... And he's he's a very interesting actor because out of the... He's been in a lot of... Uh, well, he's been in a few of the stoner films with Seth Rogen yeah. and that crowd. And he's very funny. I mean, he started off in Fur Rock from the Sun. Yeah. He does a lot of... Um, like comedy shows and stuff mm. he's a naturally funny guy but he's very good at switching to series. yeah like 50 50 is a very good example of that because literally 50 literally 50 50 on yeah. both sides um but he's um i think i think what gets me with the, him in this film as well is all of his little reactions like uh the bit when tom hardy uses the grenade launcher and he just gets sort of goes all right <laughs> he's got like very quick um facial expressions that mm-hmm. are quite always quite funny yeah yeah definitely no it's 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 nice it's nice to see because it doesn't overshadow the sort of it doesn't overshadow other characters as well exactly it's because it's quite an understated performance but it's engaging nonetheless yeah uh next up is tom hardy second just sort of biggest order this is i think my first tom hardy film as well actually I saw Bronson after this, <laughs> and Dark Knight Rises obviously came out after. Um, I can't think of seeing anything before this. Well, I had the same thing as you. I'd seen him, but not realised it was him yeah. in Band of Brothers. I haven't seen he's, Band of Brothers. Well, he's, he's in Band of Brothers. Isn't yeah, he? he's really scrawny. Really he's, need to see that uh, series. It's great, but he was. It was before he started bulking up. He's like a skinny little runt officer, not yeah. an officer. He's a private. I mean, he's only in it for like a scene because there's mm. so many people to cover in that film, in that series. But I didn't realize at the time it was him. Mm. So, um, but yeah, he. I think this is one of his like. I mean, he, all of his roles are good, but this is one of his slightly more unique ones in that he's kind of camp and like funny. He, he's kind of the comedy relief. For the he film. is. Oh, definitely. Um, 
but yeah his character being the sort of uh manipulator he can make himself look like pretty much whatever he wants within the dreams um and he's yeah. like the con man of the group yeah i know they're all technically con people but he's i think he's the con artist mm. in particular because isn't he i swear i'd never noticed it before but i think he's making his own chips at that yes betting and place. he's uh he's, he's like for- uh, literally forging, forging them yeah um yeah because he's not very good at gambling by the looks of things so he just does it that way um well what i love about tom hardy as well tom hardy's one of those actors where he'll be in a insane cast because at this point i don't think he was massive no like, not to so. the extent he is now but he just steals the show mm. he must be so annoying to work with because yeah i just feel like as soon as he comes in he's just there's something about him he's so so cool he's mm. just very he's just in it you can tell and he uh he definitely has the biggest sort of action set piece throughout it mm-hmm. in that he in the snowy mountains which is very good very bond uh inspired um uh, action sequence of skiing and uh snow snowmobiles i think they're called yeah yeah very good uh and yeah like i said he's comedy relief he's got the best best sort of jokes in it and yeah, he's, he's a very character, isn't he? Yeah, he's very injustice with Gordon Levitt's face. Their sort of like little rivalry is, is mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, then on to Elliot Page, who's now Ellen. Nope, got the wrong other one. Ellen Page, who at the time and is now Elliot Page. Uh, yeah, I think I had, I know she had been in a lot before this, and I now do we say she or he? I reckon it's he. You reckon he? Yeah. Yeah. We'll go for he. So he had been in. What is it called? One with Juno. Thank you. Yeah, well, I was about to say the one with Michael Cera. Uh, hadn't seen that. I still haven't seen that actually. Oh, it's a great film. I've heard it's very good. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the first film I'd seen them in. So. Hmm. Yeah. No. Um. I had. I think I had seen Juno. Mm. Maybe Hard Candy. Or did Hard I see candy. Hard Candy? No, I might have seen Hard Candy afterwards. I don't think I've seen. That's that. a very good film as well. It's really dark. Mm. But very good um but i don't think this is their best performance i think he's i mean it, it's not that it's bad it's just that the character is very much meant to be the audience stand-in mm. so he doesn't really have too much it, he doesn't really have too much character development um in fact how he gets involved with uh cobb and sort of learning his story it's pretty much he's there to learn it in order to teach it to the audience as well mm-hmm. it's for everything not just the concept of inception itself it's the concept of it's the actual character development for cobb and everything as well um so he's more of a uh, a link into the film rather than being specifically a character as such but it's in no way a bad performance you know plays the character very well and has some funny lines as well but it's not something that i'd put on say what film am i thinking of what, another film he's done? Yeah, and it's completely gone on my head. It, it's it's not it's not like the level of character he is in Umbrella Academy, for example. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, not that it's a badly written character. It's a necessary character, mm. but not one that necessarily has that much development, I would say. Yeah, no, I, 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 I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I mean, I think one thing that is... One thing that works with this film is that there's sort of kind of what the russo brothers do with their marvel films is they pair off characters 
Yeah. So Ariati and um, is it Ariati or Aranati? Or... Oh, as in what the character name is? Is it, is it Ariati or Aranati? I can't remember. I cannot remember either. But uh, yeah, each thing. character guys kind of gets paired off Tom Hardy and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Um, Ariadne. Ariadne. So he with with Cobb. I think you do get to see that's where his character development happens hmm. because it's the way he reacts to Cobb. Yeah. Um, because he knows that Cobb is falling apart, basically. Yeah. Where, whereas the others aren't seen as much. And I do kind of like how Ariadne loses his patience. Hmm. Uh, it, it's the most relatable character, which is the clever decision because obviously it's, the, it's technically the audience as well. Yeah. But because they're coming into it and seeing how kind of fucked it is mm. and how problematic Cobb's life is and how there's so much potential f- to go wrong. Yeah. His reactions, Ariadne's reactions are uh, the most... Understandable. Understandable, mm. relatable. Mm. Um, whereas the others kind of have just already sort of accepted it. Yeah. Um, whereas he's kind of been like... it's it's Yeah, it's the more... Hu- the most sort of human reactions i would say come out of that character yeah but it's just that's more at the start and then as the film kind of kicks into gear then it that's probably why you don't see it throughout the whole thing uh then we've got pretty much three left we've got well four i suppose we've got ken ken watanabe uh cillian murphy the i can't the chemist the chemist and who's the other one I'm thinking of? Something my tongue. Not Tom Berenger. No, he's, I wouldn't say he's in it. No. Michael Caine. Not Michael Caine. Is that it? That might be what I'm thinking of. Actually. I think it is it because you've got Yusuf, who's the chemist. Yeah. And um, you, to be fair, Yusuf is also like he's kind relief. of the comedy relief as well. Mm. Um, he's not in it a huge amount. He's more, he's more necessary character in the sense that yeah, he, they need the the sedatives to make them sleep uh dream deep enough um but yeah he, he's quite funny he's he's a good bit of comedy relief he's only on the top layer of dreams uh of course we've got um mole as well we've got marrying that's what i was um, thinking of yeah i knew that was yeah. um so yeah he, he he's he's a fun character not in it enough to really judge as a performance as such so to speak but he, he's his performance is good in it, but I don't know what he's like as an actor and anything else because I don't mm-hmm. know what else I've seen him mm-hmm. in. Um, but yeah, he's good. He's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, agreed. Uh, Cillian Murphy. He's always brilliant, yeah. isn't he? He's always brilliant, and like uh, <clears throat> he makes it happens a few times in this film, but there are characters that you r- shouldn't really empathise with. No, because they they seem, for a want of a better word massive dicks like yeah. sato is technically a wanker yeah at the start of the film um he kind of traps cob into it yeah it, and what he does to the original architect is a bit yeah you don't really know what he does no because i i noticed that when we watching it i was like but i really like sato by the end of the film yeah i was thinking yeah he it was up to some dodgy business at the yeah. start <laughs> i mean how you know well, I can't. I can't say the next bit. What I was going to say then, but yeah, some of the stuff he gets up to, you can't really. And fish is fish is the same. He's kind of weaselying. Yeah, and he's a rich, poor brat, technically. Bit up his own arse. Yeah, 
but then obviously as the film goes on you learn that his dad was really quite nasty to him yeah you start to empathize more and Cillian Murphy's conveys that very well yeah it's Cillian Murphy's a weird actor to me because in the sense of he's very very good but he's not that famous mm. I don't imagine he pulls in a massive paycheck in all the films he's in simply I don't know, because yeah. the films he's been in okay bar something like Inception like 28 Days Later everyone's heard of it but it's not necessarily the most successful film you can think of um, and Inception he's in it and he is an important character of it but when you think of Inception you think Tom Hardy Leonardo DiCaprio and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Elliot Page that's kind of the key ones you think mm -hmm. of um yeah i know what you mean yeah. he's never never seems to be with like the a-listers yeah he never seems to be the focus apart from 28 days later and i haven't seen 20 but that was a low budget film exactly. for film i mean it just did i think to be honest if that wasn't a zombie film it wouldn't have done half no. as well um i don't know how big his role is going to be in Oppenheimer. i think he's quite central to it because he's good. on the poster i think he i think he deserves a role that big oh yeah definitely um dunkirk he's in it but he's not again he's not really a character with dunkirk i don't really think of any specific actor in that film it's more of like an ensemble but that goes back to again dunkirk is a bit colder as well yeah but, but it's a war film so it it's sense. kind of the point of the film it's yeah. like you know it's these are just people yeah. so it's you know that sort of broad mm. look at things and yeah. there's not time to invest with them because in war, you don't That's know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Cillian Murphy, as always, great in this. He's uh, He he has the second biggest emotional arc uh, after Cobbs. Yeah. Um, and is well, he, he's the target, essentially, in terms of heistiness. And uh, yeah, he's he plays his part very well because he's kind of being... He's being tricked throughout the whole film really he's being he's being conned um and he plays it well considering like he has to both be completely oblivious to what's going on and then on different levels has to be involved in the actual heist thing is he, he's got a very unique position in the film i would say yeah he's got to play like two versions <laughs> yeah. there's a few like uh mal's characters the same yeah she's got to play different versions of herself That's perfect person to move on to actually because yeah. yeah um you can say her name again. Mal, Mal, the actress. Yeah, her name, the actress. I think it's I think Ma it's Marion, Marion Cotillard. Cotillard. I I don't know if it's pronounced that way. Um, but I, I think I've seen her in a few things now. I mean, I, I know she's a big actress, but yeah, she's she's fantastic in it. She's probably the closest thing to a villain that you can think of in it. Mm -hmm. Um, because she's constantly causing problems. Um, but uh, her character is like the purpose of her character and why her character is there is very cool to the story i think i've always liked it um and she's very much the emotional arc for cobb as well mm -hmm. and his children yeah they've they've got good chemistry it, it's believable because when she's playing the version of herself which is what would be classed as the villain mm -hmm. yeah she's she's generally quite terrifying yeah, yeah um, she's got a creepiness to her yeah <laughs> definitely but uh, the way she interacts, her and DiCaprio interact, it does seem like they were married. Yeah. And then, obviously, when it's showing the side of herself that's not the villain, mm -hmm. that again, it seems like a genuine, yeah, a genuine thing. Um, um, I do think there's a few points where 
she becomes a little bit over the top mm -hmm. but i don't think that's her fault i think that might be due to because there are i guess that's literally the only thing i could say wrong with this film is sometimes the lines are a bit i don't know if cliche is the right word mm -hmm. but they feel like movie lines he feels like something you, somebody wouldn't say in real life exactly yeah, yeah. but i don't think you could do this film i mean it would i don't think it would work it, it would no. be like applying thunderbolt and lightfoot to the style of inception yeah so it'd be characters fucking up in humorous ways yeah or saying something really down to earth but everything's so high concept it would be a bit odd mm. and to be fair i don't think i can think of any film where there isn't some line of dialogue in it that's yeah, yeah that's got or... a film-esque yeah. to it you know i mean it, it it is a cinema film yeah so it makes sense but there are one or two lines she says that i think uh, maybe it's overdone yeah. a bit too overdone no oh, i can see that uh then last one is ken watanabe yeah. who's i think this was the first one i ever saw him in i don't remember seeing him in was in batman time. begins was he in Batman Begins? He's Rajal. Well, no, he's not Rajal Ghul. He's oh, he's who like you think the, he's Rajal Ghul. Yeah, he's the um, the guy, yeah, the guy who you think is Rajal Ghul, and he's only at the start. That's what it? it says on his uh, IMDb credit. The guy, <laughs> guy you, you think, think is Rajal Ghul. <laughs> uh, so technically, the second thing I ever saw him in, then um, I think, and then he went on to like Godzilla, and the first Godzilla he was in, wasn't he? Um, the yeah, he's in well both Brian, of them. Yeah, the one with Brian Cranston in. Yeah. I love the way bit of a spoiler for godzilla but by the way brian cranston was like the main advertisement for that film and he's in it for what core of it <laughs> yeah yeah well they probably use breaking bad as a yeah, jumping off board did. although that godzilla film i really enjoyed the yeah, second one the shite one. yeah but the first one i enjoyed i mean godzilla versus kong was all right but it was just a it it was a drastic a drastic world like esque movie whereas godzilla the first one was like trying to be almost like a nolan-esque movie well the problem i have with that film let's do a review and a review yeah. is that the character development is shite oh yeah it's awful. because instead of developing their previous characters they're bringing new characters which is something they tend to do yeah. in a lot of reboot trilogies or whatever but for people that argue that say take tenant for example yes it's that there isn't really a lot of character development there mm. but i'd rather that than shit character development yeah. because it's like well at least with tenant you can be like well i'm watching this for the concept yeah you're watching for the concept and the characters are purposely kept fairly basic but it also doesn't try and develop them too much yeah. like something like godzilla versus kong well it's, it's like either do exactly what people want the film is called godzilla versus kong just have them have a big so fight, people yeah. want a big fight yeah or if you want to be like now nah, that's a bit too you know that's just any blockbuster film you actually want to add some depth to it yeah then write the characters properly yeah you know <laughs> um, god but yeah kemad zanavi's good in this he's uh <laughs> he's also a little bit of comedic relief as well at points mm -hmm. he's definitely less than others but he's uh he is the oh he's the in terms of a heist movie he's the investor i guess yes yeah um he fronts them well he, he hires them he hires he? them and everything um and he comes along on the inception because it's the only way he can be 100 percent sure he's done what he was told um he's a bit like him um, to actually lump him in with michael kane he's one of those older actors that's 
just quite effortlessly cool. Yeah. He's got a sort of that sort of style to him. Kane, Morgan Freeman style. We're talking about, you know, with Now You See Me, we're talking about Kane and Freeman. They just, they just ooze confidence and just, they're interesting characters that are just sort of there in the background, but Mm. they're consistently watchable. Yeah. And, you know, they just, they just bring a little bit of, bit of flair to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because all the other characters, they're they're very much right. We've got to invest with this is the team, this is the set, blah blah blah. He's a bit more kind of like, I know it sounds well, wrong word to say, but window dressing. It's like yeah. he's it's. I like having him there to be sort of like the overseer. The overseer. Uh, but I think that's pretty much it for for acting. So we got we're over our usual time, but it's Inception, so I expected it. Well, time uh, works differently down here. Exactly. Didn't you know? <laughs> uh, we've got to talk about cinematography and music. <laughs> we have to. I mean, cinematography, this is... I can never remember his Wally name. Fister. Wally Fister, that's it. Um, How he didn't get into porn, I don't know. <laughs> maybe he did. Imagine really cinematic porn. Lucky his name isn't Willie. <laughs> uh but yeah, his, the uh, the cinematography in this was probably one of the first films I watched where I was like, fucking hell, look at that cinematography. That's amazing. I mean, Dark Knight, he did as well, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. And that's a similar, similar sort of feeling to it. Uh, incredible shots, incredible like um, lighting and everything to it. And uh, yeah, it's not, not not a bad shot in this entire film. No, it looks it looks gorgeous. Yeah, yeah it's re- really nicely filmed nice combination as well because mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting shots sort of a it's a real mixture shots that i kind of forget are in it because obviously it's a very iconic film to think about and watch yeah but there's there's an interesting mix and ov- obviously there's a lot going on so oh, yeah. a lot of it comes down to editing and cinematography because you need to be able to follow not only follow with with an action sequence for mm. example or a, a blockbuster film you need to be following what is going on in the scene especially if it's high octane mm. chase scene or something and that cinematography editing is key with this they've got to do that like four times yeah because there's different set pieces happening at the same time mm. um and the hallway sequence is the perfect example yeah that's correct i mean the, it is it is a one shot with with Levitt, isn't it? Uh, when he's... It's a very very long shot. Yeah, but I don't think the entire fight. No, one shot. no, but that there's that first fight he has when he does a full three sixty. Yes, yeah, that's one. That's shot. one shot, and you don't lose track. No, it's very clean. It's all very very edited together. That's that's people who don't get enough credit is the editors because like putting all this together must be fucking difficult. Well, Lee Smith edited it, and mm-hmm. he's done. I think the the first one he stopped doing was Tenant. Oh yeah, because they got Jane. I can't remember her name. Yes, yeah, but yeah. she was really good as well. But before that, it was Lee Smith. Yeah, and he's brilliant um, because obviously, with again with Inception, there's a combination of things you've got to keep people being able to follow the different dream levels. Mm. Also, there's got to be a decision which is obviously made between him and Nolan as to when we have to swap out so like have we spent enough time on this dream level yeah and how often do you need to cut how often do we need to cut between so that that we don't lose because obviously there's things called kicks in it yeah where they all have to rise through dreams or rise down dreams at the same time 
and it has to work synchronized yeah so it must be an absolute nightmare yeah. to edit put it together um, but it's all very fluid it's yeah. all very fluid slick oh yeah yeah that that's the very much the thing with this is the the actual style of the film is very cool i i i love pretty much most of nolan's films but i think dark knight was the one where i started to think this is shot and edited in such an effectively synchronized way like everything is just so planned out and comes together from dark knight onwards it's it just, just you can see that progression mm. like dark knight's almost like an audition for what inception is yeah you know and it's kind of bizarre thinking that dark the dark knight trilogy is almost the odd ones out for nolan now because mm-hmm. of all of his crazy ass other films yeah yeah um, they seem pretty normal in comparison yeah. but at the time yeah for batman it was, he completely it was changed wild. the idea of the character yeah like with the the the, the um alterations of the with making it very very grounded and realistic yeah exactly like like they've done with other things but yeah, yeah now it looks po- positively normal when you compare yeah. it to tenant definitely uh then all's left is uh hans zimmer's oh. incredible score uh yeah i i don't know I, it's very much halfway between within stellar and inception i think i've listened to inception soundtrack more and i know more of the songs but interstellar has such a unique sound um that's just it's unlike anything else Hans Zimmer has done and it's unlike anything else of her in cinema with all the mm. organs and everything um, but Inception's music yes all of it's good all of it's memorable the uh, the time theme at the end so time it's called is the last song in the film is amazing um, the new man Basta song has got the pacing and the speed that's and the sort of booming sort of orchestra just oh it's it's a perfect soundtrack I think uh, it's one I've listened to many times and you can you could close your eyes and watch this. You could close your eyes and listen to this film and you would pretty much know which scene is happening mm. based on the music. Yeah. It's that memorable and unique. Yeah, no, he's very good at that, Zimmer. Mm. I know a lot of people do say he's samey, but I think that's because people make the... Those ass- people are wrong. <laughs> well, they made the assumption that, uh, I mean, whether it's justified or not, that this sort of style became very popular. Yeah because of him (laughs) but yeah exactly well that's the argument isn't it and also he's done a lot of other stuff so when you compare it to interstellar it's such a different score i mean it's bizarre his his his, like dark knight and in the the dark knight trilogy inception and that's pretty much it the ones that sound similar Mm -hmm. in a sense and was it mission impossible 2 i think he did there's quite a few there are a few other films that are very much that kind of bois mm. they call it the bois, the bois but he's done a lot of but he's other. done a lot of other stuff i mean he did the amazing spider-man 2 soundtrack which is mostly electronic mm-hmm. so you can't say he sounds that it sounds similar in that but um and it works yeah it works it wouldn't, you know i don't know what else you could do in its place because the themes and the style it's it's heisty like yeah he did a film called widows where it's again similar but but he brings a different. He always brings yeah. something different to it. But it, it's very boomy. He did uh, he did June, didn't he? He did do June. Yeah, because he did it yeah. instead of Tenet, didn't he? Yeah, because yeah. it had and that again had lots of different sound effects. Yeah. But yeah, for I think for the genre of heist, you kind of need that because you need thumping for if there's going to be an intense scene <laughs> where they're trying to pull off a heist, you're not going to want sort of like fucking lo-fi music are you you yeah. want you want heavy bassy 
smashing beats. And Hans <laughs> Zimmer's your man. Thump, thumping tunes, slamming bass. God, I sound like an asshole. <laughs> uh, Club jamming fur. Yeah. Well, uh, we've been a full hour now, so I think uh, we'll get our mystery guest on. Quick bit of oh, yeah, spoilers should, and then yeah. call it there. But uh, who we got this week? Oh, what's that? I already know what we've got this week. What have you dreamed up? Oh, hey. <laughs> well, I'll get the old curtain ready. Da -da -da -da. <laughs> it's very simple. You see, when the dream experts go in, they attempt to take the subject to a dream within a dream. Like a taco within a taco? A double deco taco supreme. Exactly. But only dream spies have the ability to go deeper into dream levels, and firemen have the ability to bring ladders into other people's dreams. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. How could you take a ladder into a dream? Because the firemen dreams aren't like dreams at all. They're more like a dream within a matrix within a dream. Did somebody order a pizza? Thank you, Mr. Guest. Whoop, whoop. Mysterious as always. Mysterious guest. Anyway. I was just going to say as well, quickly. Um, this film's amazing because it's about dreams and heists. It's true. And I love heist films. And dreams are fascinating. Exactly. So it, is, it, it, it does have that as well. As well as everything else that's in it. It's crazy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, well, thank you for listening. We're going to have a very thank quick very bit of spoilers. Much. I mean, yeah, it's an 11-year-old film. 12-year-old film now, which is crazy to think. Um, but thank you for listening. And, thank uh, you very much. Catch you for our final episode of the high season in the next week or two, as long as we have time. When, whenever, <laughs> you know. I ain't, I'm, I ain't following any rules. Exactly. No, don't abide and buy no time. Time works differently here. Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, not really much to say because it's more... It's all a fucking dream. It's, yes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's more like uh, context. And then spoilers. he woke up. Sorry. God. <laughs> like the spoilers we... If, if you hadn't seen this film, we told you spoilers. They would have no relevance to you because they're, they're completely contextual, if that makes sense. Yes. Like his wife actually being dead... And it's his project projection of her in of his own mind into other people's dreams in his own. Yeah, they'd um, be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And then beyond that, pretty much the the Inception works well. It does work in that he has the idea, but wh whether or not he actually goes through with collapsing the company is never re revealed. Hmm. Um, and also, there's the whole idea of maybe they're actually still dreaming, which yeah. would mean maybe they didn't put it off. I think it's I think it's one of the best endings to a film ever because it completely leaves it open in a mm. way that isn't annoying because it doesn't leave you with unanswered questions in the sense of oh but i really want to know this it leaves you with oh it could be completely either way i can either have it in my head that it's all a dream and i can have all these different concepts this way or i can have it that it isn't a dream and it's a happy ending but it's completely down to the the audience's yeah. perspective on that ending as to what it is and it throws in enough doubt earlier on where there are a few things that you could say, yeah. oh, maybe that means that. But again, it's it's not quite clear enough to know for sure. Exactly. Um, I mean, I, I mean, that's what I love about the Mombasa sequence. There's that bit where he gets stuck in a really yeah. narrow. And I'm thinking, this bit is not in a dream. So actually, yeah. it's the most it's terrifying bit. But then who knows, to be yeah. fair. Exactly. And it's all the, the mystery around the film of like who's chasing him and like you know whether or not like how he got out of the country so easily sort of thing you know it's all that mystery behind it and it's not answered but it's not anything there that's kind of like 
frustrating it's more just it's meant to be a bit mysterious mm -hmm. you know that's pretty much it, I think it <laughs> yeah i think it is really mm. i mean again any other spoilers wouldn't make sense no, because it's there are a lot of complicated ideas indeed he just answers them exactly well thank you for listening thank you very much we'll see you for our 11th episode of the high season we'll yeah, finally finish the, the season because it feels final. like it's gone on long well i think the last season went on longer because we kept having to do it's new films spree of new films yeah. didn't we? um whereas this one is just more time <laughs> coincidentally yeah uh well thank you for listening yeah and goodbye ta -ra.